God's works have to do with what he does for us. His ways have to do with what he does in us, and what he does in us is the greater work. I want to say that again. God's works have to do with what he does for us, but his ways have to do do with what he does in us, and what he does in us is the greater work. You know, we can look at nature, we can be mesmerized by the, by the trees of the field and by the, by, the, uh, 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 by the works of his hands. We can look at creation, we can be absolutely mesmerized by the beauty and the majesty that he created. All the works that he's done, all the works that he, he, that he does on your behalf, all the things that he does. It amazes me that, that he, he is the kind of God that dispatches angels for you. He, he, he sends warring angels on your half. He sends messenger angels upon your behalf all the works that he does that many times we don't even see we don't even realize the magnitude of 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 what god does for us on our behalf oh but we're very quick to say oh god you didn't do this and you didn't do that and where were you here and where were you but we don't recognize or realize all the works that he's done on our behalf you see the greatest thing that he can do is that work inside of you how many know that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks? How many know that out of our heart, out of the innermost being of who we are, we think, we act, we function, and we do? What's inside of us? What's inside of us? And I was just meditating, really, I was just meditating on, on, on that thought, on that word, and, and I believe God gave me this, this statement. If we can go to the second slide, please. And that is this, the works of God display his character. I was, I was praying into this. If you go to the next, that's it right there. The works of God display his character, but the ways of God display his character in us. And I was just praying in it and then God just, God just sort of gave me that, that download that, that the works of God display his character, but the ways of God display his character in us. Do you know it's his character that he wants to put inside of you? It's who he is, his love, his mercy, his grace, his justice, his, his, his never ending kindness, his love, his mercy and compassion. He, everything he is, he has decided to put it into you, into this vessel made of flesh and blood. He decided to put his very character inside of you. I'm reminded of, of, of Galatians 4.19 where Paul is writing to a, a slew of, 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 of communities, church communities in, in the area of Galatia. He writes this. Paul is laboring and he says, oh my dear son on the screen. I just want to read this to you. My dear children for whom I again am in the pains of childbirth until Christ is formed in you. You see, that's the goal. That's the end mark. That's the prize in which we're running. That's the game. That's the aim that we're running for. That Christ be formed inside of us. So it's not my thought, but it's his. It's not my actions, but it's his. It's not my deeds, but it's his. It's not my love, but it's his. It's not my mercy, but it's his. It's not my grace, but it's his. He's being formed in us. That's the goal. That's the purpose. And I begin to question myself, right? How much of Christ is formed in you? I'll be honest. I didn't give myself a very good grade. My 
My prayer is today that God would give us a hunger to have Christ formed in us. It's my prayer today that God would give us the, give us the desire, the hunger to have Christ, the character of Christ formed inside of us, that his ways would be made on display for you and I. And I began to think about this. Think about this. You and I were created to be worship beings. That's what we were created for. I am a worship being. Not that God needs worship, but we do. And in that need of worship and exalting him, he comes, and that's the moment and the time when he begins to fashion and form. He begins to fashion and form the wrong character that's inside of us. And what's those wrong characters? Malice and evil and being judgmental. And the list could go on and on and on and on and on. But Christ, Paul's saying, I want, I want Christ to be formed inside of you. I think it takes a particular trait in order for that to happen. And I'm, I'm, I'm very quickly reminded of Philippians chapter two. I love Philippians chapter two. It starts with verse one, the first six, seven verses. It's absolutely incredible. It's a decree. It's a declaration. It's a creed, if you would, that, that was recited by Paul that, that the early church would, would understand. And I want to read it to you. It's not on the screen, but I want you to, I want to, I want you to read, listen to this. It says, therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, formed in Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, he's going on and describing what his characters, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being in the same spirit and mind, one of mind, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, rather in humility, say humility, but rather in humility, Value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interest of others. In our relationship with one another, we have the same mindset of Christ, who being in the very nature of God. And here's the, here's the creed that Paul is reciting. Listen, he says, who being in the very nature of God did not consider equality with God something to be grasped or to be taken advantage of. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man. He what? He humbled himself, becoming obedient to death. Yes, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at that name, Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth, under the earth, and every tongue can acknowledge that Jesus Christ is our Lord to the glory of God the Father. You know, that, that word humble, humility, began to go over and over in my spirit. And I want to I wanna encourage you today that I believe that is a key component in order for Christ to be formed in us. If we do not have humility, there is no way that God has the access to bring about the character and his way in our life. It all begins. It all starts. It's the key. It's the door that begins to be opened so that character and his way can be developed in us. I was quickly taken to Psalms chapter 25, verse 9, and this scripture is on here, and I want you to memorize this scripture. I want you to see this scripture. This one verse blew me away this week. 
He says he leads the humble. David, the psalmist David, he writes, he leads the humble. Well, it's no big surprise there because if you're not humble, you're not going to be able to be led. It's often it's very true that, that you can never be a good leader until you're willing to be led first. You've got to learn to be a good follower before you can be a good leader. I see many times people want to, want to have the position. They want to have the name tag lead or, or head or director or supervisor. They want to go to the, they want to jump to the top, but oh, I, I don't, I, I'm not a very good follower. I'm, I'm a good leader. No, you're an awful leader if you can't follow. Hallelujah, right? He says he leads the humble in doing right, teaching them his way. Now, I want to encourage you to, to read Psalm 25 in, in, in its context, in its totality. But over and over again, the word way is repeated. It's the same Hebrew word used over and over and over again. And I want you to see on this next slide what this word way means. I was blown away. Direct. It means way. It means road. It means distance, journey, and manner. I got to tell you, when I, when I read that, something just exploded. It leaped in my spirit. And I thought, God, there is no road. There is no path unless I take the, the spirit of humility. There, there, there can be no character built. There can be nothing, nothing formed in me unless I learn your way, unless I take the road less traveled. Can I tell you, the Bible says that broad is the way that leads to destruction and many find it. Many find it. But narrow is the way, the road, the journey, the distance, the manner. Narrow is the way and few find it. You know, many times we want to go with the culture, what culture does, the cultural shift. Well, we just follow the culture. Well, if you follow the herd long enough, you're going to end up being slaughtered. We have this herd mentality. Well, we're just going to go with the flow. We're just going to go with the culture. How about we go with what God says? How about we go with what he says? How about we go with what he says is the way to go? How about we go with the way that he says that character needs to be built? And as I was looking at this word and just studying this word and meditating on this word, God just began to lay some things out for me. And I want to share them with you because the question came to me is how, how do I learn his ways and how do I develop the character of God in me? Is that Paul said that is the ultimate goal to have Christ formed in me. And, and as a leader, it's my goal, it's my passion to see Christ formed in you. And as you became a, become a leader of others and as you show the way, as you lead the way, it's your burden and passion also to have Christ formed in others, is it not? The longer that you're in, in the faith, you want to see Christ formed in others. But there's three things that just jumped out at me, and I want to share them with you today, and that is the word journey. You see, we've got to begin... I need to begin my journey and having the character of Christ formed in me. There's some of you here today and you're not sure maybe exactly where you stand with God, where you stand with the Bible. You're not sure if the Bible's real, if it's just a bunch of crazy people that put this book together over a 1500 year span with 40 some authors that put it together. And, and they just, this is a great convoluted story that they just jammed all together and say, Hey, here you go. Believe in that. Die for that. And people have. 
You see, some of you here today, you've got to make the decision, am I going to begin my journey in this thing called faith? Am I going to begin my journey to have the character of Christ formed in me? Oh, but it's not an easy journey. It's a journey that has a lot of stuff that goes on in it. It's not for the faint of heart. This journey at times can be very turbulent. This journey at times can be very tenacious. This journey at times can be perplexing. It's not for the faint of heart, but if you're willing to say, I'm willing to take my journey. I'm willing to have Christ formed in me. I'm willing to have the character of Christ formed in me. Thousands, millions of people have come to an altar. Tears falling, mascara running. They walk out and they go back to the same lifestyle, the same thing that they did before. You see, if you're really going to begin my journey, your journey, you're really saying, I want to have Christ formed in me. I don't know what that looks like, Pastor. I don't know what that means. I don't, I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. But can I tell you, it's okay that you don't know because there's got to be a starting part, point. How do you begin the journey? You begin it with one step. You begin your journey with one step and you just say, yes. I say, yes. Like there's a song. To, uh, here's another old one. I say, yes, Lord, yes, to your will and to your way. How many remember that one? Everybody that has gray hair. Yep, wonderful. Or no hair, right? (laughs) That's where it begins. It begins with saying, yes. Yes, I want to have Christ formed in me. I want his character formed in me. It all begins with the journey. The journey. John 15, 16. Just before you begin to think, yes, I'm going to choose this. Well, can I tell you John 15, 16, you know what it says? Let me read it to you. It says, you didn't choose me, but I have chosen you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. Isn't that incredible? Isn't that awesome? Oh, I love Psalms 139 where it talks about you were knitting your mother's womb before, before your great, 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 great grandmother ever knew that you would even exist. God knew all about you. He knew you. He knew the hairstyle you would have, the clothes you would like, the food you would like. He knew you. He said, I'm going to form you in your mother's womb. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to put you all together. I'm going to create this DNA that forms the very person called you. And even before you're born, I'm going to choose you to have my character and who I am formed in you. Woo, that's awesome. That's awesome. You mean I get to have the very God who created the heavens and the earth? I get to have the God who put the stars in the sky and the moon in its place and the sun in its place? I get to have his Holy Spirit living and moving and breathing inside of me? Yes. Yes, you do. It's the journey. But in that word, direct, it also means distance. Distance. We got to be willing to go the distance. In my 20 years of ministry, I've seen a lot of people shipwreck their faith. I've seen a lot of them. I've seen a lot of people give up. I've seen a lot of people say it's not worth it. I've seen a lot of people say, I'm tired. I've seen a lot of people say, I'm not, I can't go, I can't do this no more. It's just too hard. I can't, I can't 
Why, why, why is it too hard? Because you're trying to do it in your own self. You're trying to do it on the weak arm of the flesh and not on the strength and the power of the Holy Spirit. That's the problem. That's the problem. If God formed you in your mother's womb, he knew you. He says, I chose you even before you were born. If he, if he said that, Paul reiterates that it is, it is the character of Christ. It's Christ being formed in you. Can I tell you, if the enemy could come to try to circumvent that, 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 that happening in your life, do you think the enemy would take advantage of that? Do you think the enemy would try to bring confusion to your thoughts? Do you think the enemy would try to come in and bring in just the right circumstances at the right time, at the right season, just to get you all befuddled and, and bewildered and say, I don't know, and you throw up your hands and you, you wave the white flag, I don't understand. No, can I tell you the Holy Spirit, if we can press in, if we can really press in, if we could uh, lead in, if you would, to say, God, what is it? What is it that I, that, that I, I, I just need to do to, to, to get beyond and to make this distance, to go the distance? And right now, I can just hear Pastor Jack's voice in my head. <laughs> his voice would be, you just need to get into his presence. It's about his presence. I've learned that from my dear brother. It's about his presence. Get into his presence. And he's right. There is a pastor in China Many of us know in communist China, there's been good times and bad times and the walls fall and the walls go back up. Well, there was a time when in the AG, there was missionaries that were in China and then they, they, they planted a church. They started a church and, and, and hundreds, thousands of individuals are, were getting, coming to know Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit was moving in, the, in, in, in China. But then something stopped. They were all kicked out and the, all the missionaries were like, oh my gosh, what are we going to do? All, all the work, all the work that was done was all for naught. It's, it's finished. It's finished. And they went back. They went back. Doors opened again. They went back. Can I tell you? The church is more alive probably with, with, without the missionaries than it was with the missionaries. <laughs> the church in China went from thousands to multi-millions multi-millions. But can I tell you, it was not without a price, a price that you and I have no concept or clue of what it means to truly go the distance. You and I don't understand. I don't understand. Let me explain. When all the pastors, missionaries left, leaders began to pop up. This one particular pastor, now understand, they could not have public meetings like this. They could not do that. They would gather together in, in, in underground. They were, it was an underground kind of church, and they would gather together, and sometimes they would, they would just sort of write out what song they wanted to sing. You know what they'd do? They would, they, would, they, would, they would sing the song, but it was in total silence. They would sing the song, but it was, they were singing it in their head. Sometimes if they had the luxury, they, they, they could sing the song in a whisper, holy, 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 Lord God almighty, early in the morning, our song shall rise to thee. That was the church. 
somehow or another, the church got found out. And they raided one day that church. And the pastor of, the, of this church did something absolutely amazing. They came in with guns and they were ready just to slaughter them, to lay them all flat because they wanted to crush the church. They wanted to destroy the church because the China, they wanted to control. They couldn't control the church. How many know that when you get in, in, in contact with a powerful living God, sometimes you can't control that, huh? You can't control what God wants to do. Now, you personally can control because the, the prophet is subject to the spirit, okay? Or vice versa, that, however. But... Uh, uh, the church was, 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 a, was a magnet. It was growing. And just about as the guns were raised and they were going to mow down this church, the pastor jumped out and said, stop, I'm the pastor. Oh, we want to be a leader. I want to, be the, I want to have the name tag. I want, to, I want you to call me reverend. I want you to call me bishop. I want you to call me this. I want you to call me that. Oh, we want the title, but would you, you want the title when your life is on the line and you have to go the distance for your flock, ready to be mowed down? And the pastor says, take me out. Without any hesitation, they mowed him right down. And they said, this is the example. If you continue to spread this gospel, if you begin and continue to carry on this charade, this is what will happen to you. And they left. You see, that's being willing to go the distance. That's being willing to have truly, truly to have Christ formed in you. You see, it's not a game. It's not patty cake, patty cake. It's about Christ, his character, his love, his grace, his mercy, his justice, his righteousness formed in me, fashioned in me, that I'm willing to go the distance no matter what it takes. Why? Because I'm all about the greatest cause that there ever was, ever will be. You can go about saving the whale and saving the puppies at SPCA, but you could go about saving People, if you're willing to be a fisher of men, having the Holy Spirit, the power of God, moving and living inside of you. I want Sarah to come. Here's a a third word that just jumped out to me that really burdened my heart, and that is this. We got to allow his character to develop a new manner inside of you. See, I believe that when we get saved, when we, know, when we know Jesus, when we have a relationship with Jesus, there's a difference, there's a change. Our mannerisms change. Doesn't mean that we're not gonna fall in life. Doesn't mean that we're gonna make mistakes in life. Doesn't mean that we're going to be perfect all the time. But, but at the very essence, at the center, at the very center of our life, our mannerisms change. How we talk changes, how we act changes, what we do changes. Why? Why is that? Why do people change? Why is it necessary to change? Because I don't want to. I don't want to just rely on my own thinking and my own belief and my own way. But I want to rely on what God wants to form in me and fashion me, and that's going to develop a new manner in me. 
I'm not going to live the same way I used to live. Why? Because Christ is in me, informing in me, and I'm going to live a new way. I'm not going to do the things I used to do. I'm not going to be the way I used to be. Why? Because his word tells me something different. Because I want to serve a holy God. I want to serve a righteous God. I want to serve a a God of of justice and, and mercy and grace and love. But he's forming all those things inside of me. He's fashioning all those things inside of me. I want to share with you a story. Then we're going to have the altar team come and we're going to pray. And what we're going to pray about is this. If you here today are hungry and you would say, Pastor, I've been maybe saved for 20 years or maybe you've been saved for 20 minutes and you would just say, Pastor, today I want, like Paul wrote to the Galatian church in the area of Galatia, I want to have Christ formed in me. I want his character to be poured out in me like I don't even know what to do. I want to be so confused by his love, grace, and mercy that, uh, that I start talking to myself. I want him just to fill me with everything that he has. Why? Because I want to have my manners like his manners. I want to go the distance. I want to start that journey today. We're going we're gonna to pray for you today. And I know, I guarantee that today is going to be a breakthrough moment for many of you. Why? Because you're going to meet the power of God this morning. The power of God, the power of the Holy Ghost is going to fall upon you in a fresh and a new way. And you're going to receive something that you did not have when you walked in here today. One morning late in the summer, her husband Tom went off to work before dawn. And as often he did, he kissed Cheryl before he left. A few hours later, Cheryl got up, took her teenage daughter and son to school, settled into her daily routine of life. And then she got a phone call from a friend asking if Tom was home. Then she received, funny, she received another phone call. Hey, is Tom home? She had absolutely no clue what was going on on that day. For hours, while Cheryl's house, filled with friends and neighbors and other pilots, people from her church, she was unable to get answers. But the revelation was simply this, that on that morning, on September 11, 2001, Cheryl's husband, Tom, was a pilot of American Airlines. People filled their house. But when a car pulled up to her house carrying the chief pilot of the airline, she learned what happened. America Airlines Flight 11, from which Tom had been the co-pilot, was the first plane that crashed into, into the World Trade Center. Like most people who survived terrible tragedies, Cheryl cope the best that she could and according to experts in the wake of those attacks many people actually suffered severe stress and post-traumatic stress disorder and depression and general anxiety and substance abuse disorders Cheryl tried to fulfill her role with incredible determination incredible strength she planned Tom's funeral she even spoke at at her funeral she took care of her children she started running her household as a as a single parent and she learned rapidly and how to really deal with the difficulties of being a widow in her book beauty beyond the ashes she writes this I'm learning more each day the circumstances of 9-11 have forced me 
to examine who I am and to face myself in ways that I never had to before. To ask, what does God want for me? What can I do in Him by His power within me? How will He use me to touch others? You see, it took a tragedy for Cheryl to begin to ask those questions. And you, as you read in that book, what is it going to take for you and I to begin to ask those questions? God, what do you want to do in me? How do you want to be formed in me? How do you want to build your character in me? How can I display your love and your grace and your mercy and your justice and your righteousness and all those things that you are? How can I have those things formed in me? My prayer today is that before any tragedy or anything that happens, that you and I today would ask that very question, God, how do you want to use me? How do you want to be formed in me? How do you want to lead me? How do you want to guide me? How do you want to instill in me the character of heaven, the character of God? I want us to stand to our feet right now. And as we stand together, uh, we're going to sing that song that we started off with, Show Me Your Way. I believe today is a very pivotal moment for some of you here this morning that's serious about saying, God, I want you to be formed in me. Maybe for some of you today, for some of you today, this will be the first step. You've never accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. Maybe you come from a religious background that said, well, I've got I've to pay things. I've got I've to pay people. I've got to do this. I've got to be the best person I can. I've got to work for my salvation. I've got to work my way into heaven. Can I tell you, that's religion. That's man's attempt to get close to God. That's not what Jesus says. Jesus says Paul wrote in Romans chapter 10 he says if you believe that the father raised Christ from the dead you confess it with your mouth because you simply believe it in your heart he says you shall be saved at that very moment you see it's the salvation that's by faith not by work maybe for some of you today you'd say pastor I'm ready to take that challenge I'm ready to take that step begin my journey some of you have been saved for 20 30 40 50 years and maybe in that place there's been a, a blockage. Maybe there's been a time when that character is not being formed anymore. He's not being formed in you. You've, you've sort of hit a wall. You've hit a blockade. And God says, today is the time. I'm going to pull that plug. And my character, if you will, if you want it, if you want to go the dirt, if you want to take the journey and go to distance and have this manner built inside of you to know his way, he can unstop that plug and that character and his way can begin to flow again. If that's you, as my prayer team comes, as we sing this song, I want you to come. I want you to come. I know there's individuals here today for the very first time. You're going to step out this morning. I know. You're going to step out in faith. For some of you here today, this has been a, a word. This has been a revelation for you because God is wanting to unstop what has been blocked for years. Maybe for months, maybe a few weeks. God today wants to release that and pull that plug today. As we sing this song, I don't want you to hesitate. I don't want you to think about it. I just want you to begin to respond to the Holy Spirit's wooing. It's tugging upon your heart. Just come. These men, these women want to pray with you, pray through with you this morning. As we sing, respond to his word. Respond to the, the voice of the Lord today. Show me your way. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah.
time as we leave this house. Can we do that? Show me
and are coming in and are going out. Make your face to shine upon us. Give us your peace in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. God bless you, saints. We love you. Listen, if you are new to Harvest, if you've been with us over the past six months, we're having a special event. I would love for you to join me downstairs. We call it Harvest in 30. Have some water and some coffee, and we're going to show and share with you our vision, our strategy, our purpose, who we are. So join us downstairs right now. We'd love to chat with you and just share our passion and, and who we are.